Hello, and welcome to Sense of Responsibility. I'm Alec Lindenauer, a certified financial planning professional, husband, and chief allowance officer to two daughters. I'm also the creator of the Sense of Responsibility tools and how-to instruction parents need to raise their children into financially literate, money-savvy adults, even if they don't know much about finance themselves. I'm Julie Franz, a chef entrepreneur at heart, wife and mother of two middle school children. I also curate the Sense of Responsibility community so parents have a forum to ask questions, share success stories, and discuss their journeys. As a financial newbie myself, I'm also cultivating our group support system to help carve out my own family's path toward financial literacy. Hi, Alec. How are you today? Nice to see you back to talk about kids and money. Nice to see you again. And I still have my cold, Julie. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. seems like everybody does. You're not alone. That's true. It is going around. But I'm excited to talk today because I know you're going to tell me all about Cassidy. We love talking about Cassidy and her evolution in the world of money, don't we? Exactly. Yes. Tell me. Your spender. Yes. Well, it's been a fun process. It wasn't always fun. There were some months in there that... (laughs) (laughs) She is a teenage girl. Yes. Yes. It ended (laughs) in a fight or I'm never doing this again or, you know... But we've come a long way. And I think, you know, it all goes back to that consistency, always staying true to your why and and looking at the long term. So, you know, with Cassidy, she's a spender. She's really into clothes and fashion of all sorts, accessories. She likes expensive shoes. She loves expensive brands. She loves cosmetics. Oh, my. She's into this line right now. Sephora, Ulta. The line she's into right now is called Sol de Janeiro, and apparently it's all natural. does smell good, but, you know, they have like $25 shampoo and $15 or $20 deodorant. I'm like, no, I'm not paying for that. Yeah, no. I will get you. There's like- They must smell really good. It does smell good. (laughs) There are certain things at Target that she likes that are a little on the pricier side, but I can do it. But that, no, that is a want. That is not a need. What my point is, she is a lover of the finer things. You know, she never thinks that she has enough money. The allowance that I give her, it's it's like, how could you expect me to live life on this mom, you know? Let's refresh it, everyone's memory. You're giving her how much? <laughs> so she's 12 now. So I give her 12 a week, but then we do it by the month. And then she does have some money in her investment bucket. So she makes money on that money, 10% on top of whatever she has in her investment bucket. And then she does make other money here or there. She's had a few businesses. Of course, she had her bracelet making business. She doesn't do jewelry anymore. She dabbled in walking dogs. That was short-lived. So she's clearing 180 to 110 in a given month, depending on how much work she puts in. Well, she hasn't been doing any of that. Okay. No, that's what I was saying. Her her okay. businesses have long gone. She's really busy with school and cheer. So now when she needs money, she either asks me for extra work around the house or she sells clothes. So she'll get a big bag and she'll take it to the it's a secondhand store, but they have, you know, good brands. They only sell things like Lululemon and Urban Outfitters and whatnot. So anyway, she's she's a hustler. She knows how to make money when she needs money, but she also has a very expensive lifestyle. 
But now that we've been really consistent about the money and the process, she doesn't fight me on the amount. She doesn't tell me, you know, how dare you? This isn't enough. Like she gets it now. But it's been really cool to see the evolution. And part of that is just getting her to be really cognizant all the time of how much she has to spend and how much things cost and and that cadence of the way that the money comes and goes. She's got a good understanding now of budgeting and timing and flow and what she can and can't afford and what she does and doesn't value. And so every month she has to weigh out, you know, I want this, this, and this. I only have this much money. What is the most valuable to me at this time? And one month it so might dare be I say, dare I say, Julie, that she has learned the value of a dollar? That is exactly what has happened, Alec. That is precisely what has happened. An amazing transformation because really when you started, this was definitely a child who was like water through a sieve, right? With yes. money just through her fingers. Yes. Yes. Wow. Even this morning, she said, can you give me $5? I want to buy something from someone at school that's starting a business. She says, mom, I want to support this young person's business and entrepreneurship. And I said, that is great. You can do that with your money. You have that $5. And then John pipes in, but mom, can't you just spot her? Can't you just loan her $5? It's to support somebody. They're both on me now. And I said, and you also can take that money out of your bucket. No, this is this is not right. my expense. So it was cute. You know, it was a nice effort, paid for effort. But as soon as yeah. I said, no, you can spend your money, like conversation was over. Amazing. So did they? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Greedy were, little beggars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, but that's just, it's really amazing with both of them, actually, is John is not quite as astute with his money as Cassidy is, but the conversations with both of them are very different now than they used to be. Exact, you know, example last night, we went to the store at like 9 p.m. They really wanted ice cream. I was feeling like being a nice mom. And so I said, okay, we can go to ice cream. These are the three things we're getting. So we cleared it before we went in the store. We're getting toothpaste, I'm getting coffee, and you're getting ice cream. That's it, you know? So we go in and then John starts going, well, can I get some Sour Patch Kids for the movie tomorrow? And can I get a bag of chips and this and that? And I was like, sure, you can. Hope you brought your debit card. And I just walk away, you know? There's no fight about that anymore. Or if he says, but why? Why can't you buy it? It's just, it's a very simple answer. That is a want. That is not a need. That is not what we came for. And a year ago, it would have been a very, very different conversation of him following me around Ralph's, telling me all the reasons he needed right. this, that, and the other thing. So I think they've both really evolved. I mean, we started out talking about Cassidy because she is such a big spender and it's it's yeah. really, really different now than it used to be. She definitely does not spend money at Starbucks anymore. She's just Maybe. gotten over that habit. Maybe once a month she gets a drink, but she knows she doesn't ask me for the money. If she wants it, she buys it. That's amazing. And it's, it's a game changer in a parental relationship because you are no longer the gatekeeper or, you know, in a, in a negative way. I'm the gatekeeper with allowance, but it's predictable. It's strategic. It's consistent. I'm not the gatekeeper in that like minute to minute I want, I need that looks cool. Can I have? No. There's yes and no. And there's a reason behind each one. And it's not personal. We don't need to fight about it. I love it. I'm so happy to hear it. That is fantastic. I mean, let's be 
honest. It's not like we're not like walking on clouds every day. It's not like yeah, they're not rainbows totally. and unicorns. I mean, there's there are totally. the moments where there's a little pushback, but it's like a normal amount. It's not. It's not what it used to be. It's conversation and not fighting. Right. Right. It's yeah, conversation. That is a- Total game changer. That that's the part that yes, I'm I'm thrilled to hear. And you also know parental game changer that they're on this platform. They're they're now at this point, and Lord knows where they're going to be in another year, and another year, and another year as all of this continues. Right? They are on their way to be money savvy adults. That's the goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Another funny thing about John, you know, we've been talking about some investments with you, and you've spurred some conversation with him about that, and. He's more interested in, you know, investments and donations than spending money where Cassidy is very into spending and the, the more like immediate needs. And uh, we had a, a Christmas party the other night and a friend of John's parents were here and they said, well, we heard that over Mexican food the other day, you guys were talking about, you know, investments and where his investments were. And like, just to hear that two 14 year old boys were talking about wise investments and where their money was going, you know, over Mexican food was just, they thought it was the coolest thing. I think I looked like a really cool parent, you know, to them, that that's what we were talking about. But what a fun thing just to get the conversation going. I mean, we were talking about sustainability credits and how companies can offset their carbon emissions and, and why that might be a good investment or not. And, you know, it was really amazing. Getting some you know what, cool Julie? conversation. This same exact thing happened to me two weeks ago. Literally the exact same thing with Grace. So also, you know, 14 years old and she's in the backseat with one of her closest friends. And her friend says, oh, well, we skipped our money Sunday this this month. And so we I have to get home because I know we're doing it today. And I my ears, of course, perked up and I looked at the backseat as I'm driving. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, tell me about that. And so she, so she goes into it a little bit and then the conversation changes and she and Grace are just going back and forth. It's like, well, yeah, well, my investment bucket, I do this and, da, da, da. and then now they're talking stocks. She's like, well, I own this and I own this and this is why. And Grace says, I really like the companies that are just more conservative. You know, I like to buy companies that make this stuff around the house. My sister, she likes those high-flying tech things. You know, they go up, they go down. My stuff's much more steady, Eddie. And then she pauses and she says, and now my TED Talk is over. I can see her saying that. That's hilarious. And maybe she will be, you know, the youngest girl talking about investments on TED. That would be amazing. That would be. I'm like, we might have to work on that as our next project. But I was, I was so like you. I was so happy to hear them just conversing about stocks, about investments at 14 years old. It was like, wow, this is continually. I get reminded that this is the right path. Yep, it's a great conversation and and great follow up now and fun to fun to look back with the parents and talk about. It. I don't know the whole the whole experience for us was really fun. They're both evolving in their own ways. It's a fun process to watch. And I'm learning too. I mean, I'm not, you know me, I'm not super money savvy myself and I'm learning right along with them. And it's giving us a good reason to to watch those stocks and check our statements and, you know, have conversations around money, which I didn't really do growing up. You know, my parents had their own money conversations, but I wasn't really included in it. So it's kind of taking a different angle in that like parenting meets money world 
for me. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been talking a lot about cash lately. Can we talk a little bit about cash? Some of your recent emails that you've been sending is kind of getting in there. So is cash still king? And, and what do you think is going on right now with that? A couple of months ago, I guess at the time where this airs, I sent an email out saying, is cash dead? Is cash king? Or maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe cash is a zombie. And the whole point was that cash is such an important part of teaching kids the value of a dollar. I mean, I've said this sort of ad nauseum, whether it's in the elementary starter course or in emails or wherever it is, is that the very definition of somebody valuing a dollar is taking a dollar and training it for something that they value, right? That's valuing a dollar in action. If it was a verb, that's what the verb would would be. If you compare that experience to when I was at a pizza dinner, my family and I, we all went out to Lincoln Road here in Miami Beach and we were all sitting around and we went out for pizza and the bill comes and I noticed that there's a QR code right there and it says that I could pay with Apple Pay. And I was like, oh, this is neat. So I take out my phone and I open the camera app and boop, I just touch the little thing. I double click the side button. It does the face ID. How much tip? Boop, boop, done. In like 30 seconds, the bill was paid. And I continued the conversation. I didn't miss a beat in the conversation. And like three or four minutes later, I was like, all right, let's go. And Eve looked at me and she said, wait, you already paid the bill? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, how'd you do that? I said, I did it on Apple Pay. You didn't see? She's like, no. So we start to walk away and I was like, wow, that is literally the opposite of valuing a dollar. There was no conversation. There was no nothing. It was instant. It definitely was convenient, but it was, it defeated the purpose of teaching anything about money. That's for sure. Because as I thought about it, what happens when the bill normally comes? The bill comes, I figure out the tip, I scratch out what I got wrong. I refigure the tip. You know, the girls ask me questions. I maybe I say price is right. Sometimes I say, okay, who wants to guess what the bill was? You know, who gets the closest without going over? You know, we play these games. We talk about it. They might ask a question about the credit card. There's all this conversation that potentially could happen. Literally none of that happened. So that's not necessarily a difference between cash and Apple Pay. Like I wouldn't have paid for pizza with cash for all of us sitting there, but even a credit card at a restaurant, it slows down the process to where you think about things more. So, you know, I've just been talking a lot about how this instantaneous process versus the slowest process of cash, it's convenient, but it's not necessarily a great thing for our kids. Totally. Yep. I agree. We we talk about the bill. I love that price is right idea. That's really fun. We we talk about the bill because the kids are more interested now in what things cost. So they do want to know. And I love that because then they can start valuing also the restaurants we go to. This pizza place is twice as expensive as that pizza place, but we like it more, but it's a treat, you know, and so you can kind of start weighing that out. We went to a burger place the other night and, you know, the kids were asking, well, how much was this? Because it was kind of like in and out only it was like really a lot fancier. It was, everything was elevated and it was a certain type of beef and it was fresh fish. And and so we we do also have those conversations about why we're paying this much money for this meal. But yeah, I can totally see how even just pulling that, you know, that act of pulling the credit card out of the purse, putting it into the billfold, sending it away, or even if they're swiping it right there, there's yeah. that pause and that like, moment of recognition that you are paying for something. 
Yeah, um, there was literally nothing. And I was like, wow, what has been lost in that opportunity to teach? Because you know, we talk a lot about this. It's about practice. It's about conversation. You don't have to be Warren Buffett to play the prices right and say and have them understand the difference in in and out burger versus the stepped up burger joint. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I deal a lot with people and takeout and that's the thing too, is like, we get so numb to paying for takeout when it's on that delivery app. It's like you yes. scroll, you choose, you click, and then you could ask people, how much do you spend on takeout every night? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. But then yeah. you could say, well, how much do you spend at the grocery store? Well, they know how much they spend at the grocery store. And it seems like a lot, right? You, you pay two or 300 bucks. You have a grocery cart full of groceries, but you have to look at the amount, look at what you have. Did I charge everything right? You do the card. And so if you were weighing out how much you're spending in takeout versus how much you're spending on groceries, obviously takeout's so much more expensive, but you just, you don't think about it. It's click. Click, yep. done, bye. Yep. Here comes the food. Exactly. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with Eve, again, who's now 12, about the Starbucks app. So she goes to this this party and as part of the giveaway or, or a prize that she won at the party or something like that, I forget the exact circumstance, but she wound up coming home with, with two gift cards, one to Amazon and one to Starbucks. And I think they were both $20. And so she was automatically under the assumption, I don't know why, that I would just give her $20 for each of them. And I said, no, I, I'm sorry. I have no interest in, in those. And she said, well, why? You spend money at those places. I said, yes, that's true. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, we're going to go onto this website. It's a gift card exchange or a gift card marketplace website. It's called raise.com. I said, I will pay you the going rate for Amazon because I, there is something I need to buy on Amazon. And to me, it's not that big of a difference, but you know what? Your $20 gift card is not worth $20 to me. I will pay you what's called the fair market value, basic economic principle, fair market value. Well, let's find out what that fair market value is on raise.com. Turns out it was like, you know, $19 and change. So it was very little difference, but still good learning opportunity. So I gave her the money for that. I saved a couple of pennies. She learned a good lesson. I got my thing. But the Starbucks one, I was like, no, I don't go to Starbucks that often. And I have no interest in your gift card. And she said, well, why? And I said, I, I was like, I just told you. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you want the cash or do you want the card? She said, I want the cash. I said, me too. So, so I said, I'll tell you what, I will let you download. You don't have the Starbucks app. You could download the Starbucks app. I will walk you through, you know, how to add the gift card and it'll be on there and you can use it when you want. And she said, okay. I was like, great. When we get home, we'll, we'll do that. We got a little distracted. And so it didn't happen. Two days go by and out of the blue, she says, you know, daddy, I've been thinking about it. I don't want the Starbucks app anymore. So no, how come? She said, well, what I noticed now that I have the debit card, you know, here now for a couple of weeks is when I don't have the cash, the spending happens faster. I don't really notice it. It's not, I just don't feel it as much. And I feel like if I had the app, I would spend it a lot more quickly. I think it's better for me just to have the gift card and just get used to that and then not have the app on my phone. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been emailing everybody about. You, you want the pain. You want the, you want them to experience the pain when they're in the store and giving the cash and waiting for the change and counting it. You want them to value that dollar, value the pennies and the quarters and the nickels and all of that stuff and stuff it into their pocket. And she totally 
got it, not even on an elementary level, on an adult level by saying, don't give me the app. I will spend too quickly. I love that. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned something also, Alec, that I have to say too about the the quarters and the pennies and all of that. I think that that is such a benefit of starting kids early, like when you did, or, you know, when you look at my nephew, William, and he's seven and, and, and his amount of allowance is so small that they really do get really nitty gritty with the, with the pennies, you know, all the coins. And when you wait a little bit longer, like I did to start my kids more around that middle school age, they're looking at the dollars. They're, they're not as focused on the, on the coins. And quite often they'll come home and they'll take their coins out and just put them on the counter and take the bills. Like they don't value the coins because they're little. So we have a jar in our kitchen where we keep all the coins. So every time they drop their coins, I sweep them up, I throw them in the family money jar. And then we all go together to Ralph's and we dump them in the machine and we see, you know, how much money it is and we use it towards dinner or something fun. It's usually comes out to like 70, 80 or $90. But I'm like, guys, look, the coins do (laughs) add up, you know? Of course, they always want me to have coins when we're like around a vending machine or something, you know, like yeah. a gumball machine or whatever. But other than that, they don't really value them. So I I think that's that a way it, to teach them the value of that, to gather it yeah. all into a family dinner. That's amazing. Yeah, we do it like every two months or something. We we can generate about 75 bucks. I mean, I throw dollar bills in there too. And then when we need a dollar bill for here or there, it's it's just, it's for them to see that like all the little things that come and go or that you forget in your pocket and goes through the laundry, goes in the jar. So they're learning the value of coins in a different way. And I hope that they keep that practice as they go off into the world where they, they don't just drop their pennies mindlessly, that they keep them and use them. But, but I love, you know, I love kind of looking at this like debit card idea and, and this progression of kids of wherever their evolution is taking them. And so no matter where you start, there's certain things that you're teaching, but I never want those, those parts to be completely lost just because we didn't start as early as you did, you know? Yeah, totally. And just going back to that cash, I know we were talking now, I can't remember if it was in this conversation or a previous podcast or whenever it was, or just another conversation, but you said there was this one time where, John was at in and out Burger and he, his debit card ran empty and he had no other solution. Again, I go back to like the cash is king. I have, I have drilled it into my girls. You always have 20 bucks, have some cash in you. You have that, that emergency reserve, take the 20 bucks, put it in the, in the back of your cell phone. So it's in between your case and, and, and the phone itself, because you never know you're going to walk into a store and, and, when we walk into a store and it says cash only, I point that out. Even if we're not buying anything, I just point that out to them to see cash only. Likewise, I've been in stores where it said no cash accepted, electronic payment only. And I point out the sign. I say, look, guys, see, see this, see this. So it's it cash is this zombie. It's super important. It's not dead. It's definitely somewhere in the middle. I remember one of my emails. I said it might not be king anymore, but it's definitely still royalty at the same time. You, you need to train them to use the debit card. Just just last night, one of my close friends who attended the full elementary starter course in person in Miami a couple of years back, he's been doing this with his kids now for like two and a half years. He had his 12-year-old his on the phone with him and she was saying, I want a debit card. And he said, I, I, don't, I think that's silly. I don't want her to have one. And I just had to talk him down and say, listen, Jason, this is the right time. They need to transition. This is how you do it. I say, but 
the way that I do it when I'm doling out allowance, when it's that core day and we're sitting down, I still give them cash. I just add the debit card to the process. I say, okay, now that you have the cash, how much goes in your wallet? If this is your spend category, how much goes in your wallet and how much do you want to give me that I can add to your debit card right now? It would be better if we could you know, go to a bank and deposit it and, you know, really old school, but I'm not going to put them through that. So if it's $20 they want added, they give me $20. I go on my phone and I transfer it. So they have it right away. We introduce it to the cash process. We don't replace the cash process. Here's a question for you, which maybe other parents deal with too. Cassidy wants nothing to do with cash ever. So every time she gets money, she'll, you know, grandma will send her a $5 bill or something. And she just immediately hands it to me and she's put it in my card. And I mean, I like the cash because I never have cash. And so it's like a bonus to me. I know how much much you hate the ATM. (laughs) I know. I hate the ATM. (laughs) I get it. She she wants the card. And so I do want to teach her to always have cash and to stick it, you know, in that emergency fund. I guess I just really struggle with how to get her to actually do it because I know both of my kids will spend that emergency fund the second they have something in front of them that they want. It's it it's hard for me to to teach that level. So if you have any suggestions, I mean maybe making a reward for that almost like, hey, if you still have you know, this $10 bill by next month, I'll add a dollar to it. Or I don't know, it's kind of like an interest idea or something to get them to keep it for emergencies. Yeah. So two things. One, I would say, look, guys, it's mandatory. You, You now, you must have an emergency fund. That's period. It is part of the process. Oh, you don't like that? Okay. Then I'm, I'm, you're not getting allowance this month, right? This is part of the process. And I had them start at 20. And then I had them raise it to 50. It took a little while for them to get there. And I gave them a couple months. I said, but this is where it needs to be. And they've definitely used it. So I think that one, if you make it mandatory, and then two, when they see the value in it, when they need it, they'll say, oh, I'm so glad I had that. Once they use it and need it and then kind of get a taste of why it's good, it'll make it easier for the next time. For example, this morning when they each wanted me to donate $5 to this kid's business, neither of them had $5. And they were like, what, mom? You don't have $5 cash? I said, well, I may or may not in my wallet. That's none of your business. (laughs) This is not my expense. (laughs) You know, at first I said, I don't have $5. And then I thought, well, that's not a good example either. I should probably have $5 in my wallet. So then I said, well, that's really none of your business. I may or may not. Just this isn't something I want. Uh, (laughs) I did. I did have it. I did have $5 in my wallet. Okay, good. (laughs) So I think, you know, making it mandatory and just say, look, guys, this is part of the process is important. And then helping them utilize it when the time comes. I don't know that the $5 donation, you know, is would fit the kind of emergency bill. It doesn't necessarily have to be an emergency, but it has to be something, some extenuating circumstance, right. you know, that there really was something that they needed and they're like, oh, okay. Or something that they really wanted and it would put them in a $5 debt. And they're like, oh, it's a good thing I had that extra 20. And they know that they're now borrowing from themselves instead of having to come and have that borrowing conversation with you. I think the emergency reserve and you know, establishing that in middle school is really like the perfect time to do that. And then secondarily, I would say, if whether it's part of the emergency reserve or not, I think that the $20 bill in the phone case at all times as a goal 
is a good practice to have because like John in that situation in an outburger, he was short the five bucks or if they're somewhere and they need whatever, they need to hop on a bus, they need to take, I guess they, do they have taxis anymore? I don't even know. But there, there are instances where my kids have used it or a friend of theirs needed to borrow money and they had it. I mean, there's just been a, a host of different cases where they've used it. And one of the things that happened actually that I was really able to drive home that particular lesson was I did a uh, one of these races, an obstacle race with Eve, and I think she was 10 at the time. And we went out as this big mud run. It was a, a whole thing. And we drove out, you know, it was like a an hour drive to get to the like middle of nowhere, Miami kind of a thing. And my debit card fell out of my pocket and I had left my phone in the car because we were going to be in mud. So she, we were thirsty and we went, you know, we went through this whole thing and it was like the blazing sun of Miami. Well, it's a good thing that I had 20 bucks in my pocket and we were able to buy drinks and, and we were, if I needed to, you know, pay for a cab or a call or borrow a phone to call somebody, I could do that. But I, at least I had $20 in my pocket and she saw the value in that. So that was a good, good lesson inadvertently taught, but they, but they got it. Yep. Well, I'm going to work on that. Next time we talk, you can follow up with me and ask me how that's, how that's going. That's my next okay. challenge. Every month I have something to work on after we talk and I open my mind to new horizons. There's, I mean, this is a process that never stops, right? I mean, we just keep learning and layering more and more and, and that's, that's the awesome thing about it. You learn it, you take the course, you get all the steps or you do the challenge or however it is that you get started. But years from now, I think we're all still going to be like layering on more and more learning and getting our kids really actually money savvy, not just like understanding the value of a dollar, but actually towards that money savvy path. Look, and that's the idea, right? Again, no Warren Buffett here. This is just about ways to practice to be smart to be money savvy, right? Just to practice. have conversations. Yeah. And just to talk about it. Absolutely. So the elementary starter, that's the course that's up there now. We talk a lot about this stuff and more. Invite everybody to check it out. Senseofresponsibility.com slash resources. You can find links to all of that good stuff. And of course, wherever you're listening now, make sure you hit that subscribe button because that's always helpful and send us some feedback. I'd like some good feedback. Yes. And we want to hear about your challenges, your questions, your big wins, things that were unexpected in this process for you. We love hearing about those. We love talking about them. So yeah, share, share all of it. Exactly. And in the meantime, everybody, what am I going to say, Julie? Teach sensibly. That's right. Teach sensibly. <laughs> Bye everyone.